and welcome to One Foot Down Podcast. This is our 36th episode, the Rice Game Review. I'm Eric Murtaugh, back as your host. This will be a short uh, Labor Day podcast, um, just me here for a few minutes, really. I uh, just wanted to run through some things from the game yesterday. I'll have a preview up on the site on Monday. Uh, pretty lengthy, you know how I do. So um, Notre Dame wins the game 48-17, a bit of a slow start in their first two series. A little conservative, they're running the ball a lot. Um, just couldn't move the chains there. But they end up scoring 14 points in the first quarter. Rice did tie the game at 7 uh, early on. Notre Dame countered with their own touchdown to take a 14-7 lead. Rice then got it back to 14-10. But from that point on, Notre Dame really took over the game, scoring a couple touchdowns late in the second in the first half. Excuse me. Uh, like I said, 48-17. Uh, Pretty interesting to see. Fans are really happy with this performance. Um, Notre Dame did up, end up covering the spread, which even I didn't predict would happen. I thought the uh, the offense would be a little bit more rusty. You know, a lot of eyes on Everett Golson thought maybe he wouldn't be as sharp coming off of his year-long suspension. I don't know if there's really an opportunity to shower more praise on him that he's already received. Um, so. In my wrap, in my re- recap on Monday, that everyone can read on our site, one foot down. I was pretty nitpicky with him just because I think I th- I know that he can be even better, and I think this year if, if this team's going to be winning ten or eleven games, um, he's going to have to play better. And you know I, I'm hard on him in my review, which I think maybe might surprise some people, but even with what he did at, uh, against Rice. And you know things will get more difficult next week against Michigan. I think there's a lot of room for improvement for him. And, and uh, you know, everyone's talking about a Heisman right now, which, you know, he did some some electric things out there, some pretty crazy things, um, you know, with his arm strength, with his ability to, to elude defenders in the pass rush. Uh, his accuracy, I thought, was really, really good. Um, you know, there really isn't a whole lot of room for, like, big major complaints. Um, and, and like I said, I thought he would be a little bit more rusty than that, but you know, he's probably going to be the type of a player that's going to have to carry this offense at, at times, especially against Florida State and Stanford and USC, who the Trojans really exploited offensively this weekend. So you know, the defense, I'll get to in a little bit, the defense probably isn't going to be there like it was in 2012, and it's really going to way heavily on Golson to uh, carry the load. So I was a little harsh on him, but I think it's for a good reason because I think he can be great and even better. So the running game was pretty, uh, did pretty well. Uh, ends up netting 281 yards. It kind of got off to a slow start even with running the ball. Um, early on, there was a lot of rushing from Golson. He ends up tying the team game high with 12 carries. He tied that with Folston. Um, also interesting that Folsom only had, I think, one or two carries in the first half, and he ended up, I think, ripping off maybe six or seven carries in one of the early series in the second half. So he ties with Golson with 12 carries. Um, pretty impressive uh, game from Greg Bryant, kind of plays his first game healthy in an Notre Dame uniform. He finishes with 71 yards on only eight carries and 8.9 average. He scored his first career touchdown. Folston kind of did what he always does. Um, not really game-breaking speed, but excellent footwork. He kind of knows where the holes are. He, I, 
I don't know, maybe he bounces outside a little bit too much, but he does a really good job at it. He's not one of those guys who bounces outside and then lets the first tackler, you know, take him down. He usually makes that guy miss, and he'll get five yards, it seems, anytime he does that. Uh, Cam McDaniel, you know, did his usual thing pretty well, 40 yards on only eight carries, kind of started the game as the main guy and then went away for a while and then kind of reappeared later in the Later in the game with a, a bunch of carries when Notre Dame settled for a field goal, I mentioned that in my write-up on the red zone touchdown conversion percentage. That was one of those drives where it looked like they were really starting to eat the clock and they targeted Cam, I think, on five of the last seven snaps on that drive. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how Brian Kelly manages these three running backs. He's meeting with the media as we speak right now for his Sunday teleconference, uh, I think it just wrapped up, it was pretty short, but he even mentioned right after the game that, you know, I think they're going to try to go with some sort of a lineup where McDaniel gets the first series, Folsom the second, Brian third series, you know, something like that, but at some point you have to think one of those guys is going to break away and get the majority of the carries right from the get-go and not come out as much, but, you know, you're going to have to keep everyone happy and you know, they bring a lot to, to the table, and I think, you know, it's pretty obvious that Cam's not quite as talented as Bryant and Folston, and, um, you know, that's not a huge black mark on McDaniel. I think Folston and Bryant are really talented NFL-quality running backs, but uh, Cam brings other things to the table, and, you know, he's a smart, he's senior, he's a leader, he's a captain, uh, he's probably better in pass protection, so we'll see how the running game plays out. And also I thought it was interesting that, you know, there really wasn't much going on with the running backs in the passing game. Um, McDaniel did catch one pass. I think that was the only target to a running back the entire game. Um, if you go back to the spring game um, a handful of months ago, they were really targeted heavily by Golson and Zaire. So I think that was one of those wrinkles that um, the offense was withholding. I seemed like there was a lot of play action out of shotgun where the running back was slipping out of the, out of the backfield behind the defensive line. And there was, Plenty of opportunity for Golson to dump the, the ball off to the running backs, but it looked like, you know, with the way he was playing in this game and the, with, the, with the way the receivers were getting open downfield, he was definitely looking downfield first and wasn't really taking those easy routes. But I would expect as the season goes on, we're going to see a lot more from the running backs in the in the passing game as well. Receivers, uh, you know, for as many yards as Golson racked up, he finishes with 295 yards almost seemed like he did most of that damage in the first half. Uh, Will Fuller led the way with four receptions, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Um, kind of a quiet 85 yards, if you will. He had the one 75-yard touchdown pass and then only 10 yards on three other catches. Uh, ben Koyak had a pretty bad drop, I thought, during the game. I'd like to see him catch that ball. But he did, He finished with 51 yards. Um, pretty steady performance, you know, if you kind of do the math on that, 51 yards per game. Uh, he's going to end up with a, a pretty good season. That's almost 700 yards with a bowl game factored in. So um, I think that's kind of where he's going to be this year. Um, I'm not sure if he'll be up to Eifert levels, and I think most people would agree with me on that. But, you know, 50, 60 yards a game from him on like three or four, maybe five catches, um, I think that's where he'll be. Amir Carlisle. Played pretty well. He caught a nice seam pass from Golson. Um, 
a bit of a tough catch because Golson throws the ball so hard, and um, you know Amir's not terribly big and can be a tough catch and and a little bit of traffic. But he came down with it. That was nice to see. He had some problems with his hands last year. Chris Bound, kind of a quiet game. He took one little screen pass. I thought he showed some good burst. Uh, he always seems a lot taller than he's listed. He looks like he's six four, but um, he's obviously very quick for his size. CJ Procise with a kind of an embarrassing drop in the game, redeems himself with a 53-yard reception. Later in the in the end zone, kind of a, a mirror image of the, the drop from one end zone to the other. Corey Robinson also kind of a quiet game, only one catch for 25 yards. And then, as I mentioned, McDaniel caught a 7-yard pass. So only 14 completions for Golson, but uh, he didn't really throw the ball a whole lot, only 22 attempts. Now let me talk about uh, the offensive line a little bit. I think there's a little bit of concern there. Uh, Brian Kelly mentioned today in his teleconference he thought the the interior of the line needed to uh, play a little better, a little bit better, which I think is not where most fans kind of saw some of the problems on the over the weekend. Uh, the edges there, Stanley kind of had a, a missed assignment, and Elmer got beat on the edge for a sack. I think that was the only sack Notre Dame gave up. Uh, I think we're going to see that a little bit more this year. You know, if you look at that sack, I'm not sure if that's a sack with Reese just because he gets rid of the ball pretty quickly. And, um, you know, Golson turns to his left and starts running and doesn't really feel the pressure a whole lot or very well in that instance. And, um, you know, the, the owl defensive end just kind of chased him down and got the sack. But, you know, you go back to 2012, there was, you know, two to two and a half times as many sacks as we saw last year with Reese. I mean, the line was unbelievable in pass protection last year, but Colson's going to make a lot of plays evading pass rushers, but I think he's also going to have a couple sacks every game against some of the good teams. Hopefully that's it, but, you know, I thought the line was all right. They didn't seem to really do a great job handling the pressure that Rice was throwing them. Um, and I, I kind of understand what Brian Kelly was saying about some of the stuff on the interior. They really did a good job on on Christian Covington. He was pretty much a non-factor. He finished with one solo tackle, an assisted tackle, but I don't think they called his name really the entire game outside of um, making a note of how good he was in the early parts of the game. So good job there. I kind of wonder if throwing some double teams Covington's way kind of affected the rest of the line. You know, with with a, with a Martin and Watt there on the left side of the line, you can kind of get away with that, but you know, maybe with the, some of the younger players now, Stanley and Elmer on the edges, they, they're not quite as experienced as a Zach Martin. So we'll see how the line performs next week. They'll obviously have a bigger test against Michigan. Uh, the Wolverines beat up Appalachian State pretty bad. They should have a pretty quality, high-level defense. So big test next week for the offensive line. They've kind of gotten the benefit of the doubt uh, Harry Heastan's done a really good job, but they're really going to be tasked with uh, protecting Golson next week and uh, leading the team to victory. If they can protect Golson, I think oh, that's going to be some really good things can happen for the team next weekend. Uh, just tight ends, you know, it's kind of a quiet game from them. We saw a little bit, little bit of the H back, um, kind of H back slash fullback blocking. Not a whole lot, only probably like three or four plays. Um, Tyra Luatua did get in there on a couple plays. 
Um, Jerome Smith was out there, but neither of those guys had any targets in the passing game. We'll see how that develops. The defense, you know, I was pleasantly surprised with the def defensive front uh, stopping the run. And I talked about this in my review. I thought they really held their gap integrity and, uh, you know, they didn't exactly shut down the Rice running backs, but they did a really good job slowing them down. You know, you look at the, the stat lines and there just wasn't a whole lot of room for those backs to run. Um, Juwan Davis only finished with 33 yards on 14 carries. That's their top running back. I mean, if you're going to do that against Michigan next weekend, you got to think Notre Dame's going to win that game if they can pull something like that off. Uh, Brandon Hamilton, 29 yards on six carries. Derek Dillard, 18 yards on six carries. They did a really good job shutting them down. It's on average, just three yards a carry. No run over seven yards from the from the running backs, so, you know, I thought the, the second level of the linebackers did a pretty good job um, making some tackles and, and stopping some of those runs when there were, were a couple opportunities for maybe a 15-yard run. Uh, you know, we did see some missed tackles on plays near the line of scrimmage that kind of turned into, turned from, you know, like a one-yard gain into a five-yard gain. That was kind of frustrating a little bit, but first game jitters, we'll see how that develops as well. The linebackers, um, kind of an interesting game. You know, I was really wondering what we are going to see out of that Sam linebacker spot, and it was really tough to see. You know, Anawalu started there, and it didn't really seem like he made that much of an impact. I guess that could be a, a good thing um, because he wasn't making any huge mistakes. It was, I thought it was pretty fun to see Jalen Smith and Joe Smith in the, Joe Smith in the middle of that defense um, running around, <clears throat> making plays. Uh, Jalen Smith actually fractured his finger. Um, they put it back in place, and he was back in the game. Joe Schmidt, I was pretty impressed with. You know, there's some, a couple people on our site were saying, you know, he missed a couple tackles and didn't really look that great. But uh, I kind of, I really liked what I saw out of him. He's pretty quick. He diagnosed some plays really well. He laid at least two really big hits. Um, I did mention in my re my review that Trombetti had probably one of the bigger hits of the of the day, just unloaded on the running back. But you know Schmidt for his size, I think hits pretty hard. Um, he's you know like the coaching staff raves about. He's a, a big time leader. Um, does a lot really good job moving guys around. Um, you know Jalen did his usual thing. Um, I thought he kept Dreyfus Jackson in check. Uh, on a lot of the runs, Kelly did mention today. You know, I was if you talk, we talk about the defensive line, they didn't really seem to have a, a very good pass rush at all. It almost looked like a Diaco defense to me with regards to the line, although they were stunting a lot more. But they just seemed to uh, you know dance a little bit with the offensive lineman, power rush a little bit, try to collapse the pocket on Jackson. Um, but Kelly mentioned today that they were really intent on making Jackson a pocket passer and they if they were going to get beat that's the way they wanted to compete so you have to be happy if that was the game plan I think they performed pretty well Jackson did scamper for 61 yards on 11 carries um, seeing as though it's Rice that's not great but if that's the stat line for Devin Gardner next week I think you can live with that definitely um, especially if you're slowing down the running back so you know, we'll we'll see how the pass rush develops. That's probably my number one worry long term with this defense. Uh, 
they, I don't think they can afford to sit back and not get pressure on Jameis Winston and Kevin Hogan and Taylor Kelly and some of these quarterbacks they'll be facing, and, and even Devin Gardner, too. He sliced up the secondary last year, even with pressure on him. So, um, you know, speaking of that secondary, big loss right before the game. We learned about Austin Collinsworth. Uh, he's out probably two to four weeks. you got to imagine he'll probably sit until the first bye week. Um, so it's probably going to be a four-game loss for him. Strained MCL. They really missed his leadership. They moved Eliza Shoemate to, to safety and uh, paired him with Max Redfield. A couple blown assignments. We're going to be analyzing at least that first touchdown play on the site. The OFD film crew is been discussing that for a long time, trying to figure out what went wrong, you know, kind of making their best guess at what was going on, what the play call was there. But, you know, I mentioned, again, in my review, I, I'm not sure if Shoemate really fits in at safety. He seems to, the further away from the ball and the further away from receivers that he plays, the worse he is. And I'm not really sure why they're, trying to fit him in at safety. I mean, there are injuries and suspensions and all that going on, but at least in my opinion, I would feel like more comfortable with Farley back at safety and Shoemate playing a nickel. I seem to think that that fits their skill sets a lot better. Uh, you know, I just don't really like Farley chasing around little slot receivers. I don't think that's a very good matchup for Notre Dame, but he did play pretty well on Saturday. He had, a, he had three great plays in a row. He kind of started off a little rough. But then he did end up making a nice tackle on a crossing route, even though it was for a first down. Um, you know, he showed some good athleticism making that tackle. Next play, he's in on a, a blitz. He gets a half a sack. He finishes it off with Jaron Jones. And then the, the next play right after that, the third play in a row, he ends up with an interception. So that's a pretty good day in the office for uh, Matthias Farley. But long term here, um, you know, the secondary, that safety situation is kind of scary. We're hoping to see Redfield take a step up. He's, I think that's probably his second or third start uh, for Notre Dame. He kind of played a little bit towards the end of last year, but he's really been quiet out there for how talented he is. I think it's good that he's not really been, you know, someone to blame on blown assignments. But at some point, you got to think he's going to come up and be a little bit more productive and stand out. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with the suspended five. Um, I'm hearing things now that there's hopeful there hopefully will be some resolution with that within the next couple of days. Um, I'm taping this on Sunday. Tomorrow's Labor Day. It's probably not going to happen that the uh, the honor committee is going to meet on a Labor Day. So you know the time frame hopefully is done this week. The scuttlebutt seems to be that at least a couple of players are going to be reinstated. Um, you know. I'm just throwing stuff out there out of the rumor mill. It seems to be that Kavari Russell is the one player that everyone is throwing out there as someone who's coming back. So if he does come back and he's available for the Michigan game, I think that's a big boost for the secondary. However, Brian Kelly also mentioned his teleconference today. Uh, they're not going to move Cody Riggs to safety, where he played at Florida primarily. They're going to stick with Shoemate. Um, this weekend for Michigan, so that's something to look out for. Um, hopefully they can improve on things in practice. Hopefully Shoemate kind of understands things a little better now that he's 
the known starter and he gets a full week of practice uh, working on his communication with all the linebackers and with Max Redfield and with uh, Riggs and hopefully Kavai Russell's back and maybe a couple other players and we can kind of turn the corner with this whole uh, academic investigation and probably hopefully even more end up with a win over Michigan. I've made no bones about it. This is probably the biggest game for Brian Kelly um, other than the PCS National Championship game two years ago. Um, you know, not just only in terms of the record this year, the the series is ending for the foreseeable future. Uh, you know, it's a nighttime game. Lots of recruits are going to be there. You can gain a lot of mojo from this win uh, against Michigan on Saturday. So we're going to have a lot of content on the site this week. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you will kind of take it easy today and tomorrow, so we won't see a lot of the regulars back on the site until Tuesday when the regular work week starts up again. But we're going to have a jam-packed week this week uh, leading up to the Michigan game. Lots of content um, from a lot of different writers, so hopefully everyone enjoys that. I'm Eric Murtaugh. This is our 36th episode a review and recap of the Rice game. Notre Dame wins 48-17, and we will see you next week, hopefully discussing the victory over Michigan.